Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Hour. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, as always, joined by my technologically capable and awesome always co-host and business office manager in my office, Donna Lee. <laughs> That's right. If you're a regular listener, you know that he's being sarcastic and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just amazed that we can get this show out every week. <laughs> Me too. You're welcome. <laughs> Many thanks to Kelly and the KLBJ <laughs> News Radio staff for helping us overcome some of our deficiencies. That's right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> this is a men's health show. This is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialist, the urology group that I started in 2007. We are up to four physicians. We have five uh, advanced practice providers. We have two pelvic floor physical therapists. We have nutrition. We have a supplement line. We have everything that you need for your men's health needs. And most importantly, a very important commitment, deep commitment to your holistic care. Donna, where do people get a hold of us and how do people become our patients? That's right. You can reach out to find out more about holistic urology and our awesomeness at 512-238-0762. We're in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs, Texas. Our website, armormenshealth.com. It couldn't be any easier than that, Dr. Mitchell. Couldn't be any easier. Armor Men's Health. We have the real distinct pleasure of having an OG. An OG? Yeah. Our <laughs> first remote OG. And he is like <laughs> one of my professors from when I was a young, budding <laughs> urologist. That's weird because he looks younger than you do. <laughs> that is not nice. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> so we have Dr. Ricardo Gonzalez joining us from Houston Methodist Urology. Ricardo, thank you so much for joining us today. You bet. It's my pleasure to be here, Sonny. So, uh, you know, when I met you first, you had done work with uh, women's reconstruction and um, in your later kind of uh, now incarnation, I know you most from the treatment of uh, BPH for men. Yeah, that, it's an interesting evolution how you get there. So as urologists, we're plumbers and our, and our job is to help uh, restore urinary function in humans, men or women. And in my training, I trained at Cornell where our fellowship was in voiding dysfunction of both men and women. And I still practice both. But I think the field that has evolved the most rapidly over the last two decades has been in the advancements in treating enlarged prostate and men's urinary symptoms in a way that is less invasive than traditional treatments. So research-wise, my bent over the last 20 years has geared towards uh, restoring men's urinary health in less invasive ways. I think that has something to do with kind of uh, the men's increasing disdain for side effects when it comes to treatment because you know in the old days you know if you when you only had one hammer you would accept all the consequences of kind of taking care of your prostate issues but as men are becoming more sophisticated uh, and expectations of the healthcare field are becoming increasingly um you know more lifestyle based men want it all and before it was not an option every treatment for the prostate which is an ejaculatory organ. I mean, the purpose of that gland is to produce the fluid that transports a sperm. So any treatment, whether it's a pill or a procedure, can affect that function. So as we've come up with techniques and devices that help preserve that function uh, and make it less likely to be affected, then the bar has been raised for treatments to take that into account. So men should be counseled when they're being offered treatments about the vast array of options we have now that don't make them sacrifice sexual function and trying to improve urinary health. So just to reiterate what you said, the prostate 
you know, as an organ, really has only a reproductive role for us, but it's centrally located in our pelvis in a way that affects our continence or our ability to hold our urine as well as our potency, which is kind of our sexual function, and as well as orgasm. Now, when I was in training, this whole idea of affecting a man's, like, big show at the end of the event didn't even occur to us. Like, causing retrograde ejaculation was the least important concern. As a matter of fact, it harkens back to one of our favorite jokes. Uh, Donna, uh, do you know who wishes had retrograde ejaculation? Bill Clinton. And so, yes. uh, and, and I have I have men that actually, I had one that came and said, I will only do a, a treatment that causes retrograde ejaculation because my wife's not interested in cleaning up anymore. So, <laughs> so what else, uh, like other side effects of traditional treatments for BP, surgical treatments, have we been trying to avoid with newer treatments? So because the tube that transports both the semen and the, and the urine is shared, it's a urethra, Problems of the prostate affect uh, both. It can affect ejaculation and cause pain or issues with that. And it can also uh, affect your ability to get the urine out. So to treat the urinary problems, we tend to expand the tube with different techniques to create space to let the urine get out more. But again, as, as we've advanced with these techniques, there's less risk of that. We're seeing less risk of any, you know, I feel like I talk about loss of urine control or incontinence as a potential risk of these prostate procedures, but really it's not something that we see anymore. The treatments have gotten so, so precise that the odds of someone losing control of their urine or having some what's called stress incontinence after a BPH procedure should be negligible. As we look at traditional treatments, we start patients with uh, medication, diet, and supplements. Uh, and the traditional medicines that people may know out there are going to be psilocin or Rapaflow, Alfuzosin, uh, and uh, Tamsulosin is probably still pretty popularly used. But the, our thinking about continued long-term use of these medications has really changed over the last few years, namely the potential for long-term cognitive dysfunction and balance and blood pressure issues. How do you advise patients and your own new, less than capable trainees that were certainly not as good as I am uh, on on some I mean, of the some I don't of the know dang- that can hold a candle to you, Doctor Pistri. I mean, that's, that's what so what a bar that's, that's, so high. That, that's clear. You being a long term fan of the show, you of course uh, understand <laughs> yes. the the importance of it. Yes. So, so how are you advising the newer thoughts when it comes to long term use of medications? That's a very good point. Uh, let me let me use the analogy that I use, and it's not quite the Clinton analogy, but I tell, <laughs> I tell men, <clears throat> let's say you had this, you had a brain tumor and it was causing a headache and you saw a doctor and they told you, hey, go ahead and take a Tylenol once a day. Uh, and, and you're like, hey, this, after a week, you, you start feeling better, like the headache is better. And so you get on with your life and you forget about it and you're taking a pill every day. And maybe a year later, two years later, uh, the headache is starting to come back and you're given another Tylenol. So now you're on two Tylenols a day or maybe one Advil and one Tylenol, just an example. Uh, but you keep just treating the symptoms, but you're not treating the underlying problem. And, and as we know, after puberty, every year, a man's prostate will grow. So as we're living longer, hopefully, uh, our prostates grow. So if you're taking a medicine that alleviates the symptoms but doesn't get rid of the root cause or treat the root cause, then you can have problems down the road. What kinds, what kinds of problems? As the prostate grows, 
it chokes the bladder's ability to empty and the bladder does more work. And doing that makes the bladder wall stiffer and thicker and less elastic. And that results in frequency and urgency, which means going more often to the bathroom, having to interrupt your activities to get to the bathroom, maybe leaking before getting to the bathroom. And in the most extreme state, you can have uh, urinary retention. We can't urinate at all and the, the urine gets stuck in the bladder. If that's untreated, in addition to pain, it can cause kidney failure and other more severe things. And so, so most when, of the men are going to be kind of coming across, you know, when they can't pee, then they know they have a problem. But really, uh, the, the symptoms of an enlarged prostate are heralded by slow flow, urinary urgency and frequency, hesitancy when you can't get there. And then, uh, you know, the cardinal ones for me are going to be the development of a kidney, uh, of a bladder stone. Uh, the development of recurrent urinary tract infections or blood that you can see. Yes. Yeah. Those would be the five things that, you know, the blood in the urine, the stones, the inability to urinate, kidney failure, and non-response to a medicine are kind of the, the last of the things that kind of, that requires surgery to correct. So what I want to talk about uh, when we come back from this uh, short break is going to be kind of what are the the newest and greatest kind of innovations in surgery for enlarged prostates that have overcome the risks of bleeding, hospitalization, prolonged catheterization, concerns about incontinence, and changes to ejaculatory dysfunction. And a lot of these technologies you've helped to pioneer. Uh, Dr. Gonzalez, you operated on my own father, so... Our listeners need to know that uh, I have uh, a zero love for my father, apparently. And so... Uh, <laughs> That's not what he thinks. <laughs> uh, what is your um, uh, office number? It's uh, My office number is 713-441-6455. And you're located in Houston at... And, and what is the name of your practice? It's a Houston Methodist Urology Associates. And we're in um, the Texas Medical Center, the... World's largest medical center. Right, right, right. So make sure you have enough change for parking, everybody. We'll be right back. That's right. Hello, and welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. Show. Show. We used to only have an hour, but now we have a show. <laughs> We're really getting a lot better. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, all-around adequate guy. person. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Donnelly. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. Dr. Mystery is an all-around great guy. And I love it when our patients uh, come in and tell us how much you make the show. I really don't think that's true. When you let me talk, I'm very entertaining. <laughs> I guess I've learned. I guess I've learned. This show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialist, the urology group I started in 2007. Donna, how do people get a hold of us? You reach out to us at armormenshealth.com or call us at 512-238-0762. And our website again, armormenshealth.com. We're in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs. We're once again joined by one of my former professors and really an amazing mentor for me, Dr. Ricardo Gonzalez from Houston Methodist Urology Associates. Ricardo, thank you for joining us again. You bet. It's my pleasure. So in our last segment, what we talked about were kind of traditional ways that we've approached an enlarged prostate with medication and probably the most commonly known uh, surgery, which is the TURP, where we go in there and scrape the prostate 
to open it up. And over the last several years, you've uh, really helped pioneer some of the most amazing new tech. I mean, just in my own remembrance, uh, you helped uh, do a lot of research into the green light laser. You helped uh, do a lot of the studies and promoting Eurolift and now aquablation. Um, maybe you could just tell us what is the philosophy on new procedures and, yeah. uh, and how do you decide and advise people <clears throat> on what to do next? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the field changes rapidly. And now my current conversation is one of four buckets. The first bucket of treatment potential is behavioral changes. Like if you become a vegan or limit red meat, that might help. But most people are presenting, if they're in front of you as a urologist, they already have more problems than that. The second bucket of treatment options would be medications. And we've spoken a little bit about the side effects of that and that they may not resolve the problem and patients that end up presenting later with maybe more serious problems because they've kind of kicking the can down the road to another treatment. So then the last two buckets are one of office-based treatments versus surgeries, which in general for prostate enlargement are non-invasive. So the options in the office are three right now. We have Eurolift, which is a stapler that we use to tack the prostate out to the sides. We have Resume, which is a steam-based treatment that, that might take about three months to work, but doesn't leave any implants in the in, in the prostate. And then the third is something called iTint, which is a temporary device that you put in the prostate. It expands over five to seven days. There's no catheter required, and that's removed uh, in the office a week later. Those are kind of for men who are still responding to medicines. Maybe their tamsulosin still helps, but they don't want to take a pill or they don't like the side effects of a pill. And in those men, the bucket of these minimally invasive office procedures becomes becomes a, a choice. And for many patients, the idea of doing the procedure in the office without a general anesthetic are very appealing. And then you also have the benefit of reducing some side effects. All three of these have a pretty low risk of bleeding. All of them are quick. I mean, uh, an ITIN takes me about 45 seconds. The resume takes about, what, three minutes? And then you probably do a Eurolift in about uh, 45 minutes, right? You're pretty, uh, I, I remember you not being that great in the operating room, so you take a long time. <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, I, I forgot that you had amnesia. <laughs> I forgot, but uh, no, they're all really rapid. I would tell you that two of those three options don't leave an implant. And in my experience, most men are interested in not kind of, I don't want to say more natural, but... Right, so you're uh, saying that in your practice, practice, when you use the Eurolift, you do have that little titanium, that little nitinol, little clips that do stay in there. Uh, now, for the most part, they don't bother anybody, uh, yeah. but uh, but sometimes people have the idea of not wanting to keep an implant in them. And then if people yeah. want something in the operating room, you know, besides the traditional procedure where we use a loop to cut the tissue out, what are some of the things that you offer? So most of what I do is either laser prostatectomy, which is enucleation with different laser energies, or a new treatment called aquablation. And I'm going to just focus a little bit on how they differ from TURP. So a TURP is a, is a loop that's like a hot wire that can cut and then cauterize at the same time, but you're kind of boring from the inside out um, and kind of trying to take down a wall without being really certain what's on the other side. And so it has limited us a little bit in terms of uh, safety because you can't see what's on the other side of the wall you're trying to take down. And with experience like you, you're going to have less 
side effects of maybe a newer user who is spreading their experience over a bunch of technologies and might have less experience with that traditional procedure that used to be considered the gold standard. Now, we do know so, what's on the other side of that wall. There's some big blood vessels that can bleed. Yeah, There's some nerves that can affect your erections. Right. And the blood vessels that take blood to the penis and 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 help you know, we like just, if you're cauterizing a lot out there, then then there's a lot of burning that can happen there. Then you can damage ejaculatory ducts and the nerves that help you have an erection. That's so right. I mean, we saw heat and are more precise limit those side effects. We saw when we were in training, uh, you know, a lot of very, very high energy. So kind of to limit these problems, companies used to just come up with bigger and bigger and bigger energy sources. And then eventually we found that erectile dysfunction was more likely because you're just kind of blasting a Thor-like hammer at the blood vessels. And that wasn't the direction that we wanted to go in. So then the laser started hitting the uh, the market, which is very appealing to all of our techie listeners out there. Tell me more about the laser. So th there's in general two classes of laser, uh, one that cuts very well and one that can vaporize well. And the laser is not the technique. So, so for example, green light is green. It's absorbed by the opposite color, which is red. And what's red in the prostate is blood. And the prostate tends to be a bloody organ. So that's a laser of choice that I use. If a patient is on blood thinners or at high risk of bleeding, I'll use a light that is absorbed by red to limit that bleeding risk. And then depending on the size of the prostate, if it's small, you can use it to vaporize, which means turn something from solid into gas. So we just kind of make it disappear and sculpt out the inside of the prostate to help them urinate better. As prostates get bigger, it's more like carving an orange, the meat of an orange off of the rind. So you're separating the, the, the tissue you want to remove from the outside rind that contains the critical structures we're trying to preserve. So that's called an enucleation, and I do that with green light, but also with a cutting laser called holmium. So enucleations are done with two different laser energies or more. There's, there's thulium as well. These are all different techniques. And so it's up to the surgeon to decide, hey, what are my goals for this patient? What are his risk factors? And then using the right tool for the right job so you limit side effects. But hopefully we're going to talk about aquablation as well. Absolutely. So more recently, I've been doing quite a few aquablations and you were my proctor for those first few cases. Tell me what it is and how you describe it to people. Earlier, we were talking about the limitation of kind of carving through a wall and not seeing the other side. Aquablation is our first image-guided robotic procedure for BPH. So by image-guided, we actually can see the prostate along the long axis and the, the short axis. So we can see it in multiple dimensions uh, with an ultrasound probe that's placed behind the prostate during the operation. The robotic treatment arm is passed through the urethra, so there's no cuts. The patient is asleep, and we position the treatment arm within the prostate. Then we map out the part of the prostate that we would like to remove. And when I step on the pedal, the robot cuts along the lines that we predetermined. So we, we tell it what we want to remove. And we have very good visualization of what we want to preserve. We can see where the seminal vesicles come in, where the ejaculatory ducts pass through the prostate. And we can actually preserve that because we can see it. And we can actually see the robot as it does the cutting. And the cutting is done not with heat. It's done with a high-pressure saline jet that's about 8,000 PSI. So it's the same kind of 
jets that are used to cut pipes and carve stone and cut chicken nuggets into the shape of dinosaurs. So it is the most amazing type of technology that allows us to really, and it varies very consistent in how deep the cuts go because you can see it in real time, which is something that we, you know, I, I never would have imagined uh, a decade ago. That's right. And the fact that a robot can do it, it's, it's almost like a laser printer. So if I do a laser by hand, it takes me a minute per gram. So if someone has about an 80 gram prostate, they're going to be under anesthesia 80 minutes. If it's 150 grams, we're going to be in there more than two hours doing that prostate. But aquablation standardizes it because the robotic portion is truly automated. It's not like da Vinci, which is a robot assistance of a surgery. This is the human plans it, but it is automated. The robot actually does that active part of removing the tissue. And it can do it quickly. I will tell you that most cases are what we call a two-pass procedure, which is roughly about eight minutes for the active surgical part. After which we do remove the robot, go in and check, remove kind of the prostate slushy, and and you know pinpoint cauterize any active bleeding. What are some of the side effects that we expect aquablation to avoid? We can see the anatomy better, both through the middle of the prostate and outside of the prostate. By preserving the ejaculatory hood, the risk of retrograde or dry ejaculation is about 10%. So that's a lot lower than we have with our other surgical Which procedures. is like 100%, yeah, usually. Yeah, well, depending on what you use, but yeah, it's, it's on the spectrum from zero to 100. The, the other thing is the patient will have less anesthesia because they're gonna be, you know, it's, I, I think the recovery is just faster. And since we're not just burning and leaving a lot of cauterized tissue in there, I find that there's less burning uh, urgency frequency after the, the procedure. Uh, and, and, and a lot of patients feel like they're just fine that next week. And I remind them for a couple of weeks, you're not supposed to lift heavy things or strain. Uh, and I, I tell them you're going to feel like you can do everything, but just kind of take it easy a couple of weeks. You can work and drive and have your normal activities, but nothing extra. That's your ticket to not be taking out the trash or or doing, doing any work at home. Uh, I've told That's my right. wife that I've had my prostate operated on every day for the last 13 years. Uh, <laughs> every day. Uh, Ricardo, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. Once again, what is your phone number and the name of your practice? So Ricardo Gonzalez at Houston Methodist Urology, 713-441-6455. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You're just one of my favorite professors and somebody that I look up to. And if you have questions, please email us. Thank you so much, Ricardo. You bet. Thank you, Dr. Mystery. Donna. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.